welcome, uh, especially if you're a visitor, family or friend of Tony's. And uh, it's good to see old faces as well, or people I've known for a long time. It's great to see someone I used to work with many decades ago. Uh, she doesn't look like she's changed very much, but I have. But welcome, Liz. It's good to see you here. So we're welcoming people we may have known and not seen for a long time, welcoming new people welcoming family and friends. And Tony's disappeared. There's this kind of pre-match nerves. His, his seat is empty there, but I'm sure he'll come back for his baptism. Now, I loved Tony's uh, text. Uh, he sent uh, some texts or messages to family and friends asking them to come today. And uh, part of it, he wrote this himself. He wrote, morning, great news, Tony Lewis is getting baptized on 23.6.19. Yes, Tony Lewis. And he wrote that himself, and it kind of gives the flavor that maybe some of you will be surprised that he's in church and getting baptized. So you can tell us maybe why you'll be surprised about that, and we'll hear uh, a bit of Tony's story very shortly. Uh, something's radical has happened in his life since he came to the Alpha Course uh, a year or so ago, and we're here to celebrate that today. Now, we had to, we've had to wait a bit of time. Uh, I talked to Tony probably in, in January or maybe the back end of last year, and uh, he said, how do you do baptisms? And I said, well, we haven't got a heated indoor pool, so we do baptisms in a paddling pool outside. So Tony said, I'm not doing that, not in the winter. You'll have to wait till the summer. So we've waited, it's June, and hopefully it's warm enough and we'll go outside and baptize Tony uh, through those doors uh, when we've heard his story in a little while. just want to read again uh, those verses from Mark chapter 1, and uh, we'll put up a few slides, and I'll make a few points on them, and then we'll hear from Tony. Mark 1, this is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. That was a wonderful message that Jesus is coming. God in human form, Jesus Christ, is coming to be with us, to be with humanity. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that, God, that people should be baptized to show they've repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. And that's what we're thinking about today. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. John announced... Someone's coming soon who's greater than I am, so much greater, I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. One day, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. So I want to pick up a few things from that. And the first is good news. And it starts off by saying, this is the beginning of the gospel 
about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Or this is the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There's plenty of bad news in the world. I don't know if you're addicted to news like me, watch it too much. Uh, America nearly bombed Iran this week. What will Boris Johnson be like as a new prime minister? Don't go to his flat in Campbell. That, that, he's, he's in Campbell. I can't remember which road it is, but you may be in a, yeah, go around Peckham or some other way. Maybe avoid that flat in Campbell at the moment. There's obviously lots of huge concern about climate change and these big uh, issues that we're weighed down with. So lots of bad news in the world. Maybe on a personal level, uh, you've lost your job or you're dealing with a serious illness. There's bad news. But God has good news for us. God has good news for us. God loves you. God is in the business of changing lives. Where there's hopelessness, God brings new hope into our hearts and lives. And God can give us a new start in life, a brand new life and a brand new start. I mentioned that uh, Tony has been to the Alpha course, which is a great course. Uh, If you've never been to one, Google it. Go to your nearest one. And last Wednesday, uh, there was the story of one man as part of the, the video program that you see. And his name was Graham Seed, or is Graham Seed. And he told a bit of his story just in a few minutes. And uh, he was from uh, the northeast of England. He'd had a terrible childhood. He got involved in violent crime. He spent time in prison, was a drug addict. He came out of prison. He was sleeping rough. And then he collapsed one night and very nearly died. And he was in hospital with sepsis, and they thought he was going to die. And they told his family he was going to die. And then some Christians came in and prayed for him. And miraculously, he recovered. And he felt wiped clean. All the the pain and the violence and the drug addiction seemed to have gone from his system. And he started a brand new life. And he said, I've been, for 20 years now, I've been going back into prisons, running alpha courses uh, for people inside. And he's got married and had a family. God gave him hope. God did a miracle in his life. There's good news for people if we realize the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Another thing about baptism is the idea of having a clean slate. A clean slate. It says John the Baptist started preaching and baptizing. And it talked about people coming, repenting, confessing, and receiving forgiveness. I want to reflect on those three words just very briefly. Repenting, confessing, and receiving forgiveness. Now, repentance means a change of mind, but it's not just thinking a little bit differently. It's a change of mind and a change of heart that leads to a change of direction in your life. And that's what we're celebrating in baptism. Tony... And lots of other people have met Jesus and they've had a change of mind and a change of heart and they've changed direction in life. Something new is happening and we're going to find out what Tony's story is. Now some people think, I don't need God. And if that's you, don't get baptized. Don't get baptized if you don't need God. But if you know that there is a God and he loves you, And he demonstrated that love in the person of Jesus. If you realize things aren't right in your life, 
I've never met a perfect person yet. I don't know if you have. If you are, please let us know. We could learn a lot from you. But we all need, I believe, to turn to God, to repent and to tell God that we want to change. And the good news is that we can change because Jesus has died for us on the cross, has risen again to give us new life, and he gives us the power of the Holy Spirit to change. And it's not about you try hard to make yourself a better person. It's just be humble, acknowledge you've messed up, and receive God's grace and God's love. Remember, I used to have a real job before I worked in church. And uh, many, many years ago, I used to work at an international bank in the city of London. And there was a guy there called John, and a friend of mine got to know him, and a few of us talked to him. And he was like, I don't want anything to do with God, I don't believe. And then through hanging out at work and through going to lunch together, it was kind of when the city was easy, like donkeys years ago with the other three-hour lunches and all that kind of stuff. So a wonderful time. We used to have plenty of time to talk to John, and gradually his objections to faith, the problems he had about believing in Jesus, started to fall. And he went to a course. The course was called Agnostics Anonymous. And he went to that up in uh, a church in central London. And then I saw him a week before he became a Christian. And he said, I've worked through all my objections to faith. And the last one is my personal pride, not wanting to humble myself, ask for God's forgiveness and ask him to come into my life. Then a week later, he took that step. And uh, that was a long time ago. And he's come to know God and God's changed his life. So there's repenting. A change of mind that's deeper than that. It's the real change of heart that causes a change of direction and something new happens in your life. And confessing, there came confession. Uh, confessing, confession's good for the soul. Uh, it doesn't mean you rehearse all your faults and sins in front of everyone. Uh, that's not the point of confession. But it can be really helpful just to talk through those things that bother you, those things you feel guilty about, maybe you false guilt about them those things that have happened and gone wrong in your life, those things you're ashamed of, and just release them to a trusted Christian friend or leader. And it will be like that story, Pilgrim's Progress, where the guy was carrying around a heavy weight of stuff where he'd messed up, he'd done wrong, he felt bad about, and he came to the cross, and that burden was cut away, and he was free to stand up and know that he was forgiven. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, leave your life of sin, but I'm not condemning you. So confession can help us to release those things that, that weigh us down and help us to know that we're loved by God. And then they enjoyed forgiveness. And you can't atone for your own sins. However hard you try, you cannot atone for your own sins. But when Jesus died on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And we need that forgiveness. It's a wonderful thing to be forgiven. And you can be forgiven because Jesus has loved you and given his life for you. A friend of mine years ago did a survey around big uh, council estates in North Peckham and said, uh, if you can't win the lottery, failing that, what would you like? And people wanted a peace of mind. They wanted to know that they were loved and they were forgiven. And the good news in Jesus is you can have that 
Father God, who knows you better than anyone knows you, knows everything you've ever said and done and thought. He loves you and he will forgive you if you turn to him. I put two pictures up there. And the first one is, anyone know where that might be from? On your left, it's uh, the Rwandan genocide uh, when the Hutus and Tutsis uh, had that huge uh, killing of, of thousands and thousands of people. And again, on the Alpha Course, just this last Wednesday, uh, there was a man who had killed people in that genocide. And uh, yeah, he'd been to prison, he'd come out, and he'd met someone, uh, and he'd killed two of this other man's relatives. And this other man said, I forgive you. In Jesus' name, I forgive you. And the man that had done the killing, when he was in prison, he'd done an alpha course, and he'd given his life to Jesus. And he felt terrible about what he'd done, what he'd got caught up with. But he knew, he knew in his heart that God had forgiven him as well. And these guys were living in the same village and working together and forming a friendship uh, out of that tragedy and out of that evil. God forgives and turns people's lives around. And the second picture is quite an iconic picture. It won a Pulitzer Prize. It's that napalm attack. It was a mistaken attack in South Vietnam, the Vietnam War in 1972. And the Americans had given napalm. And South Vietnamese had bombed some of their own people by mistake. And uh, napalm girl, as she became known, uh, when she was about nine there, just having had that attack. And why have I put that up? It's a horrible story. It's a frightening picture. Well, God has worked in the situation. That girl, Kim, obviously is now a lot older, as that was 1972. Uh, eventually, she got out of Vietnam. She got married. She's a grandmother. She lives in Canada. And she also, a number of years later, became a Christian and knew that God loved her. And she met uh, one of the guys that organized that mission, and she was able to forgive him in the name of Jesus. So even though she'd suffered... She knew Jesus had forgiven her, and she was able to forgive him. She's obviously suffered those burns in life, but she's been able to get on with life, and she's a granny, and she's helping people now. So it's a clean slate. You're forgiven. God loves you. Confess your sins and turn to him and enjoy that forgiveness. And then baptism is obviously a picture of washing. We're going to go out soon. You'll see a pool full of water. And Tony will ease down into that pool and then be raised up again. And he'll get completely wet. And so baptism is a bit of a picture of taking a bath or being washed clean. And it says uh, in the book of Acts in the Bible, 22 verse 16. Now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on God's name. I think that's for Tony today, and his wait isn't going to be any longer, but maybe some others as well. Now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on God's name. Now, Tony's done loads of work on his house, uh, and I remember the first time I went to his house, the garden was full of heaps of rubbish. And as he got better, he was able to clear that. And I'm sure after a day of clearing rubbish and driving to the tip, 
he'd be sweaty and horrible and he'd love a nice relaxing bath and it's a bit of a picture of that baptism you're bathed bathed washed clean not physically but spiritually how many of you like camping how many of you like camping it's like about four people now Sam likes camping, he doesn't believe in washing, he likes camping. But don't tell my wife this, but there's a, a big youth camp called Soul Survivor, and for a few years I went along uh, to support our kids, and uh, I got there for the first time, and there's 10,000 youth and their helpers and leaders camping. And it's the Bath and West showgrounds, so like kind of farmer's kind of ground with sheds and things, and you camp there. You've either got the kind of grotty old buildings for loos and showers, or you've got some porter loo and porter shower things. And there's 10,000 people camping there, most young people. I just thought, Ugh. and it's Britain. It's, you know, it's, it's England. It's raining. It's cold or whatever. So the first time I went there, I didn't wash all week. <laughs> Don't tell him on that. I just thought, yeah, I'm just going to go for it without washing all week. Just get through it. You kind of get used to it. After two or three days, you get used to not being... I did clean my teeth, but uh, didn't wash for a week. But it felt great to get home and have a bath at the end of that time. Uh, baptism's a bath. Tony's going to get very wet. And it's spiritually. It's spiritually. He's washed clean because of God's love and power. Last Saturday, I went to an, a school reunion uh, at my old school, and uh, one of the things they put on was a lecture on Shakespeare. Why did they put a lecture on in Shakespeare? Um, it's because the, the founder of the school was one of the original actors in some of Shakespeare's plays, so there's a link there. And uh, I thought about Lady Macbeth, and one of, you, you may know a few Shakespeare quotes, but one that, that I remember is, out damn spot, out I say. And Lady Macbeth saying that, and obviously Macbeth and Lady Macbeth have got blood on their hands. They've arranged for people to be killed, and they've got blood on their hands. And she kind of goes mad, and she's in a kind of trance, and then she says this. And then she goes on to say, will my hands never be clean? She's realizing, and she's going mad with the thought that she's been involved in getting people killed. And she can't think she could ever be clean. But baptism's a bath, a thorough cleansing. Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, had been someone that had people put to prison and arranged for them to be killed because of their faith. But God forgave him and turned his life around. And God says this in Isaiah, Come, let's reason together. Though your sins are red as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Because God can wash us clean. And it's wonderful. And then finally, identifying with Jesus. And when we read uh, that passage in Mark, uh, it said this in verse 9. One day, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart, and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved Son, and you bring me great joy. And I put another verse up there from Romans 6. Have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? 
For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And there's an identification with Jesus when we're baptized. Jesus himself was baptized and we want to follow him and identify with him. And the main thing I want to say is there's no one better to identify yourself with than Jesus. I don't know who you follow. I don't know who you uh, celebrate. I don't know who you think is great at sport or music or whatever. But there's no one better in life, in all of history, to follow and identify with than Jesus. And he brought a message of self-sacrificial love. Love your enemies. Lay your life down. Do for other people what you would want them to do for you. Forgive 70 times 7. And he didn't mean us to count up to 490 and then stop forgiving. He touched and healed lepers. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. And he died on the cross for us to forgive us. Who else would you want to follow? There's no one better to identify with and follow than Jesus Christ. There's an old uh, kind of poem uh, that was written in the last century, called One Solitary Life. I'll just read a, uh, an adapted part of it. It's just one guy, one pastor, who wanted to capture something of why it's great to worship and follow Jesus. One Solitary Life. Here's a man who was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village. He worked as a carpenter until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never owned a home. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family. He never went to college. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. He never did any of the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. While still a young man, the tide of popular opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed upon a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for the only piece of property he had on earth, his coat. And when he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Two millennia have come and gone. And today I'm far within the mark when I say that all the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, and all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of people upon this earth as powerfully as that one solitary life. And Jesus is the one we should identify with. He's the one we follow. And key thing about Jesus is that he died, he was buried, and then he rose again. And in baptism, we're saying our old life without God is dead. Our old life without God is buried, it's drowned in the waters of baptism. And our new life together with God is when we rise up out of those waters, just like Jesus rose from the grave. So it's a wonderful thing to be baptized I commend it to you. It's good news. 
It's about getting a clean slate. It's about being forgiven by God. It's about getting a fresh start. It's about identifying with Jesus in his death and also in his resurrection as we start a new life. And now it's time for me to shut up. And it's time for Tony to speak. And I've been looking around. Where is he hiding? He's hiding over the back. He likes the back. So Tony Lewis, come forward. Give him a big round of applause. How many of you believe you wouldn't see this day? We've got a few hands there, but we've got here. We've got here. And Tony's going to tell us a bit of his story. And then I'm going to rehearse what we say when someone's baptized. And then after Tony's told his story, we're going to sing one song. And that will allow time for the kids and youth to come back in. And then we go out through those doors, cross the car park, turn left. And that's where the baptism pool is. So, Tony, that way, Okay. just so you know. Good. Tony, come and tell us your story. Good morning, church. Okay, my story. Why am I here? Nice and close. Okay. How much time have I got? Really? Okay. Okay. Who said that? Two hours? You're joking. Okay. I'm going to begin by asking my sister to stand up, please. My son over there, could you stand up, please? My friend for 40 years, Margaret, stand up. My spiritual mentor for over 20 years, Clive, stand up, please. So that's my beginning, right? This lady tells me, I used to change your nappies. That's when she wants to feel, you know, she'd like to tell me off. I'm going to change your nappies. I used to change your nappies, she says, when she wants to tell me off. I don't take any notes of you now. Right? That was a long time ago. My beginning was, Sister Pearl, was walking to church, bare feet. I couldn't stand wearing those horrible shoes mum used to let us make us wear and we'd get to the church in Jamaica and wash our feet. I would put those horrible shoes on suffering they were painful, I hated them didn't want to wear them but we'd have to wash our feet and go to church of course I'm only a little boy I'd fall asleep, slap, wake up in church that was mum waking me up so that's my beginning So throughout my life, I've always had my sister, my mother, who I began with, who were Christians. They were people of God. Me, I wanted to play football. Oh, yeah, you guys can sit down. You can't. You've got to suffer. You've got to suffer a little bit more embarrassment. 
right? Okay. Thank you, Nigel. <laughs> Thank you. It was wearing poses to pull out. Okay. Oi, stand up. Okay. Okay, so I'm here in Britain, grew up here, wasn't interested in church, wanted to play football. Um, you know, I just wasn't interested in church. All the time, I, I, I lost my sister for a while. Then I had him. One of my sons. So he's known me a long time. Margaret, you've got to stand up again. So Margaret is the, one of the people, plus my spiritual mentor and my son, who know me of old. Church, rubbish. God, rubbish. Bible, Christians, rubbish. Stand up, Nicole. She'll be able to tell you that when I used to drop her to school, you couldn't talk about car, God in my car, could you? No, don't mention God in my car. I didn't want to hear anything about it. You can sit down now, darling. I didn't want to hear anything about God. Don't mention it. Not in my car. So that was the past. That was the past. I got sick. And years ago... My spiritual mentor and his wife, Yvette, gave me a Bible. My sister gave me her old Bible. Why was it your old Bible? Mm. Your Bible was special to me because it's my sister's old Bible. Yeah, you did. You marked everything that I was supposed to read and, and study and how to become a Christian and all that. But I wasn't interested. I threw it on top of this wardrobe. The Bible that Clive gave me, I threw that on top of the wardrobe as well. I wasn't interested. Why would I be? I'm not interested in God or anything like that. So on top of the wardrobe it goes. I got sick. Not, you know, I wasn't sick. It wasn't life-threatening, basically. It was psoriasis, but it was very bad. And for two and a half years I was sick. I wasn't getting better. I'd been to see all the top specialists in Britain. Can you believe that? These people were the top specialists in Britain. They couldn't help me. None of them could help me. I'd been, I had a little bit of money so I could go and see other specialists. I could go and see all the other herbalists and all those people. I did. Didn't help. Wasn't getting better. Came home from the hospital wondering, how am I, what am I going to do to get better? I don't know how the Bible you gave me, you guys, got into my bed. But I turned around because I was feeling different. My hand was on the Bible you gave me, Clive. And from that day, the feeling in me changed. If you remember rightly, Clive, I called you in Yvette and I told you this story. And I said to both of you, I can't understand it. All these strange things are happening. I'm seeing inspirational things. I'm seeing, I'm feeling better. I was very miserable. I would only talk to three people, Margaret, my son, and Paul. Hello, Paul. Stand up. <laughs> yeah. 
Those are the only three people I'd, I, I'd speak to. I couldn't speak to my sister because I was so angry and rude and aggressive and my, my language was terrible. My sister would have been very upset if I'd have been speaking to her and spoken, and I did then. So I stopped speaking to people, so I got very depressed. These guys took me to the doctor. They helped me get food. Paul, you can sit down. You can't. <laughs> um, they took me to the doctor. But touching the Bible, guys, I, I felt different. Uh, everything was better. Um, I wasn't any longer depressed. So I wanted to learn more. So the, my spiritual mentor said, okay. I've got the right thing for you. Go to the Alpha course. And I thought, okay, I'll go and see what it's about, which I did. And Jenny, you welcome. Can you stand up, please, Jenny, so that people can see who you are? <laughs> Jenny welcomed me to the Alpha course. She made me feel very welcome. She listened. She encouraged me. She made me feel nice and warm and comfortable. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> um, so I went back to the Alpha course, of course, <laughs> and um, I started to learn more. So I've gone to my beginning with these guys, my sister, who, who, who used to change my nappy. You've got to stop saying that, sis. You really got to stop saying that. And my son, who isn't a Christian, why would he be? When he was growing up with me, I would say, God, church, rubbish. At about, I don't think you can remember, but about 10 year old, I said to you and your brother, if you want to go to church, go to church. If you want to, you remember. Oh, good, good. I said to you and your brother, if you want to go to church, go to church. If you want to go to Sunday school, go to Sunday school. I'm not interested. You remember that? Good. You can sit down now. Enough embarrassment. <laughs> Enough embarrassment. I don't want to embarrass you anymore. Um, so why would he become a Christian? He still isn't. His wife had to force him to come here, to be honest. No, she didn't. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that's my beginning, guys, um, and that's how I, I got to Alpha, and the pastor said something about baptism. We're going to have a baptism course, but before that, I spoke to my spiritual guide, Clive, and my sister, who was sending me messages, marking things up for me to read. So, let me show you this. Everybody knows what this is. It's a book about how to do it, where to buy it, how good it is. It's, you know, now, I can, I can start at 10 o'clock at night, go through this all the way, and, and at 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm still going through it. No problem. It's, it's difficult. It's sometimes painful to go, even this, you know, because I don't understand all of it, so I'll go through it. Okay, so that. This is the Bible you gave me, Clive. I 
only have to think about touching it or, you know, I'm supposed to read it. You keep saying, my sister keeps saying, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. I only have to think about picking it up and falling asleep. (laughs) So, went to Alpha, everybody at Alpha, it's important to read the Bible. It's important to pray. It's important to read the Bible. I didn't do any of those things. But I thought, okay, let's try reading the Bible. It just didn't work. Every time I picked it up, I fell asleep. Right? I only had to think about picking it up, I'd fall asleep. And then... A very kind person who I can't is is out with the children gave me this. It's a talking Bible. I could listen to it. Great. I didn't use it properly because all I did was my sister would send me some scripture, John this, that and the other, and I'd try and find it on this. And then my spiritual mentor says, no, you can't do that. You've got to start from the beginning. Thank you, Clive. It's working better now. By the way, it's your son that gave me this. He's not getting it back anytime soon. No no way. (laughs) So here's, here's the thing. I didn't want to go to church. I had no interest in church. At Alpha... This little girl, to me, she's a little girl. She's not here. She's out with the children. Leah. I'm in Alpha saying, speaking in tongues, all that rubbish, absolute bull, you know the rest. I don't want to listen to none of that. Why am I going to church to listen? All that speaking in tongues is rubbish. It's all pretense. That's where I was at. And I don't think Leah can remember what she said to me she said and I wasn't going to tell anybody this but I think I better she said Tony it depends how the spirit takes you why don't you come to church and give the spirit a chance I thought what a load of bull (laughs) right (laughs) here's this little kid you know I'm a big man here's this little kid Leah telling me come to church, give the spirit a chance. I thought, that's rubbish. That's just poor. And I kept on repeating it in my head. Bull, bull. You know, I I just kept on doing it. You know, okay. Weeks went by, my sister would ring me. Have you found a local church? Have you found a local church? You've got to find a local church. Sorry, guys, if, if I'm not using this properly. You've got to find a local church. You nag me to death. Find a local church. Okay. By the way, spiritual mentor, Leah got me to church because what she said tracked me, made me think about it, and then I decided, well, maybe Leah is right. I need to come to church to give the spirit a chance to work on me. That's what she said. That's what I decided I would do. I've known you for 20 years, spiritual mentor. You didn't tell me this was your church. You didn't invite me to your church. 
your wife and Alison stand up, please. Stand up, please, Alison. She invited me to church. Your wife invited me to church. I went twice. Twice. And then I forgot. I said, no, not again. I walk into church, and there's my spiritual mentor standing there. You didn't tell me you went to this church. All those years, if Leah hadn't have said what she said, and I hadn't decided because I learned that we've got a choice, I would never have known you coming here. Why is that? <laughs> Sorry? You yeah, okay. Okay. Okay, you knew me too well. That's a good excuse. So I ended up here, and baptism came up. I spent weeks and months talking to Nigel, talking to Clive, talking to my sister, talking to everybody I could talk to about baptism. I'm not doing it unless I understand, one, why I'm doing it, two, what it's for, I'm not doing it. And the other thing I'm not doing, I'm not doing it in October or November or December. It's too cold. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So I spent, and it was stressful for me anyway. So I said to my sister, I want to speak to your pastor. I want to speak to you. I spoke to Clive. I spoke to the pastor. I spoke to other people who are not here about baptism. I don't want to go to my sister's house because I've been there a couple of days before. So why would I want to go to my sister's house? But it kept on saying, go to Sister Pearl, go to Sister Pearl. I said, I've been to Sister Pearl's house. I've just been there a couple of days. Go to Sister Pearl's house. When I turned up, you were having a Bible meeting. Your pastor was there. I got to speak to him. He said, Jesus only asked us to do two things. He said, the wine, the bread and the wine, and baptism. I'm coming home. Yeah, I'm going to get baptized. I know now, having spoken to, to, to the pastor and having mixed up everything and listened to everybody and, and decided I'm going to get baptized and I'm coming home now. And this man, my pastor, rings me. And I said, good news, Nigel. I'm going to get baptized. Yay. I'm so happy. And then he said, we need meetings. So I went to the meeting, and he said, Tony, you're going to have to speak to the church. Oh, dear. That enthusiasm flew out the window. <laughs> it went, boom, out of the window. I was not any longer enthusiastic. All that happiness and whatnot. Thank you, Nigel. Great. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then, of course, I decided, if I believe, if my spiritual mentor and my sister Pearl, who's been nagging me for years to read the Bible, learn about God, then I need to get baptized. And I said to you, Nigel, I'm going to get baptized. So that's why I'm here, guys. And that's what I'm doing today. Thank you, Tony. You said you were too scared to talk to these people. Oh, well, things change. You'll be preaching next week. <laughs>
If someone could go to the children's groups and say, uh, come back in, that would be wonderful. Uh, before I hand back to Sarah and we sing a closing song, I just want to say, uh, we take Tony out to the pool, we ask him three questions, and if he says yes to them, uh, we say, Tony, on confession of your faith, we gladly baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And i quite like us to do that together. So can we practice that? One, two, three. Tony, on confession of your faith, we gladly baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then, splash, he gets very wet, and then we pray for him. Good, let's sing.